What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What, no Tottenham? Don't be a Clottenham. You want goals? Tottenham's got the... Tottenham, 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 Tottenham. I'm saying Tottenham very, very often. Hot shot. All you got, let me make it plain. Tottenham are the kings, the kings of White Hart Lane. Top 10 Tottenham! Hello, welcome to another episode of Top 10 Tottenham. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you are around the world, and thank you for our lovely feedback for these shows. They're lots of fun to do, and I'm sure this song will be fun before. A man who's been on the Spurs show many, many times, the sport agent, Simon Dent. How are you, Simon? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, pleasure. We're recording this show. Today's the big kind of uh, train lockdown. You're, you're working from home today? I am. Back to work from home. Happy days. <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of prefer it. Don't you? Or do you like to get out there? No, I, I'm, I'm sort of a mix. But I think, yeah, it's. Uh, I hopefully this is this is the only week of this we're going to have because, yeah, if we have this all summer, it could turn into a bit of a nightmare, couldn't it? It could do. I mean, it's looking like it's just. This yeah. Week, which is, yeah. Uh, fingers crossed. But there we go. Life, life must go on. Now your your picks are uh, a, a very eclectic mix. <laughs> I have to say. But before we delve in into those, just tell the listener. How did the Spurs journey start for you? How did you end up becoming such yeah, a crazy Tottenham it's, fan? it's a really interesting one because I don't think my story is, is, is as romantic as almost everybody's. I basically don't have a relative, didn't have a relative right. that supported Spurs. Um, but as a young boy obsessed with football, um, I used to spend a lot of time at my grandparents' house. Um, they used to live in sort of North Kent, which I think is now South East London, sort of around Erith and Gravesend sort of area. Old and, Arsenal country. Well, yeah, exactly. Very much so. Old Arsenal country. It's very West Ham and Charlton, I seem to remember. Oh, right. Um, But yeah, I sort of, I used to go to Erith Market with my my, my gran and I didn't have a team and I was sort of age sort of four or five. And yeah, we just picked out some sort of Tottenham wristbands as they were the sort of the main fashion statement back then, weren't they? Wristbands. What do you call wristbands? Sweatbands, sweatbands, wristbands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and did, it have, did it have spurs on it? Yeah, exactly, spurs, spurs. But obviously spurs. not absolutely not official merchandise. Yeah, so like a I'm, really I'm wonk, sure. wonky cockerel and sort of... Mm. And I'd proudly wear them until they were sort of like filthy with sweat. And then, and that's where it really started. And then I, I didn't include it actually in my top ten, but I sort of... I do have a recollection of 
the cup final in 81. I mean, I was only five, but I vaguely remember that. And then sort of, yeah, that, yeah, it's sort of once you sort of stake your claim with the, the wristbands, the sort of the fandom started. But I mean, growing up in an area that's not Tottenham, what was it like in the playground? What were the sort of teams? Did you sort of find someone else that supported Tottenham? Did you manage to follow the results? I mean, put it that age, you're probably yeah. not that fussed. Well, do you know what's quite strange as well? was that, So I was born in that part of the world mm. uh, and my family down there, but my dad then joined the army. So we had oh. quite a sort of unique upbringing in that I was sort of brought up as a kid on various army garrisons around the world. Oh. Right. And not just around the world, but I said around the UK. So I think it was funny listening to quite a lot of your other sort of um, guests you've had talking about the sort of the tribalism in the playground. What was really strange sort of growing up on army bases in Germany, Hong Kong or the, those sort of places was that you had such an eclectic mix of fans and of clubs. And so you yeah. have you know, all your northern clubs, your southern clubs. It was such a melting pot. So, yeah, sort of. I remember sort of the early days sort of as being a Tottenham fan. It was I, I wasn't brought up around the sort of the hatred of Arsenal or the mm. hatred of Chelsea, West Ham. It was sort of that came later in life. It <laughs> came late, very much later. And, and, yeah, and I made up for it later in life, actually. <laughs> no, but I sort of, I, you know, it was they were very and I suppose it really broadened my sort of education of other clubs from an early age because right. was, you know, you'd have yeah, all sorts of teams in the program and Scottish teams as well. Mm. Wow, amazing. And then, so when when did you then uh, sort of get the bug and I want to go and see this team? And when, when how old were you when that, yeah, when that so, started? I mean, it was it was around sort of, yeah, 82, 83, I suppose. Oh, wow. So, the, so I, good time for Yeah, Tottenham. really good time. And I sort of, you know, I was very much a sort of, you know, I was in the Glen Hoddle fan club. Used to get the letters from Glenn wow, and sort of the, the little questionnaire, the black and white photo every year. And I, and I, oh, sort of, brilliant. I really sort of fell in love with sort of what I look back on as sort of Hoddle's Tottenham with the sort of dark blue shorts and the, the shiny white shirt. And I suppose around... Where were you living then? Where were you then? Uh, that's a good question. Around 83, we were, we were in... Um, we were still in the UK, so yeah, oh, okay. we, yeah, we were living in. Oh, let me get this right. I think York at the time. Right. So, yes, we were living in York because actually, I do remember the there was a very big cup upset at Booth and Crescent at York City when they beat Arsenal. That's right. Uh, yes, I uh, do remember. Yes, uh, Keith Byrne header. Keith Byrne. Someone Byrne header. Anyway, right. um, but yeah, so that's when it really started, and then. Yeah, that that sort of that, the first kit I had was that sort of centenary kit, which was right. I've still yeah, got upstairs. Beautiful. Yeah, well, the best kit we ever had in my view, and mm. I've still got it upstairs now. Not the original. Yeah, well, oh. it was it was a ch- children's size. Yeah, the original. No. Yeah, my, it, was, it, yeah. it was my doesn't, kit. Doesn't fit anymore. Yeah, my my son's my son's got it coming in a couple of years. Oh, lovely. Well, no, let's go to your your, your first clip because it's kind of uh, around that time. And again, I never kind of look back. I never. Very rarely watch the feats again, but you gave me this clip and I, I I completely forgot about it. I watched the game going, I was there. I do remember now being there, but it's one that a lot of fans have forgot. It's actually a defeat at Arsenal, 1984, Arsenal versus Spurs. We lost 3-2 in a very good game. Steve Archibald scored twice that day. Let's listen to Steve Archibald's goals now. And now Brooks, maybe it's a quick reply from Tottenham. Archibald! What an amazing couple of minutes. And a quick and 
and incisive reply from Tottenham. Chipped in there by Garth Crooks. Lukic could only half-handle it, and it was hammered into the back of the net by Steve Archibald. Allen. Herman. And O'Leary's header away, only as far as Archibald. My word, he's done it again! Instant reply, and it's 3-2. What a remarkable game. It looked sure fire safe for Arsenal until that happened, and Spurs are back in it again. So why did this one go in? Well, this is the first game I went to. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. so it was, it was crazy. Wow, Tottenham game. Yeah, mad. And, and what's even madder is that my dad isn't even a football fan. <laughs> and the, to have the foresight to decide to take me, I don't think he probably even really... Uh, Realised the relevance the of what, the atmosphere and that, what the, he was the, doing. The hatred in the air. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, I remember it so well. And, and you know, the smells, the sort of... Just walking up, I guess it would have been Holloway Road to the to the to Highbury, and I just remember the smell of the wooden seats. It was a really like a really sunny day. Actually, were you in the seats? Were you in the, with the Spurs? We, we were in the seats, so we, we were, had to be quiet then. Well, the so, well, seat. we were on the halfway line, and so right. I guess looking to right, Tottenham would have had the clock end, wouldn't they? Is that where? Yes, yeah, yeah Spurs used to be. Yeah, no, well, and, and a lot in the North Bank as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, um, and I just remember walking to the ground, and I could feel the hostility. And yes. from that moment, I was hooked. And you know, even though we did lose, I just re- remember. I still to this day remember walking down Holloway Road and just thinking, "That's my team." Mm. And I don't know. It's kind of strange that I got off to to life as a, to- as, a as a going to games with a defeat. And I think maybe that's had some sort of impact on me because I think <laughs> among the among my mates now who you know I go a lot with we sort of I take defeat almost too well I think right. and, and even sometimes <laughs> I do get the bit taken out of me a lot for always sort of finding the positives and, that, and I suppose maybe that comes from just being born into a yeah. total defeat in a North London derby no no absolutely that's that's very that's very very true your, your second choice kind of you mentioned the Glenn Hoddle fan club you're obviously mm. really getting into these things and <laughs> I mean I remember the I mean I was a too old to, to go to these and I I, I think they still happen. Mm. Your, your next memory is 1985, the Junior Spurs Christmas party. That's a thing of beauty. Uh, it was such, I mean, it's a random selection, right? But it's actually, it was one of those days that, you know, as a, a what would I have been? I would have been five, nine, nine years old. Mm. Um, we'd actually just found out that my dad had been posted to Hong Kong. So there right. was sort of this, in my, my head, this sort of sense of impending doom that I was moving yeah. to, the, to, to somewhere I'd never heard of I was leaving my friends you know I'd be you know, mm. moved away from I guess Tottenham and my, my newfound love and I think again my dad amazing gesture sort of somehow managed to get me a ticket I was a member of the Junior Spurs mm. and I remember traveling down with him on the sort of intercity 125 from York and you know probably a six-hour journey then <laughs> it certainly felt like it and going to the party and sort of Pulling up, and I think it must have been around the time that the, the Glory Glory Days film came out, and, and right. I remember that film really mm. sort of uh, shining a light on that sort of um, the mystery of what's actually in the stadium. You know, when the girls yeah. were in, and it was yeah. such a brilliant scene where they sort of camp in the stadium, and I, and I, yeah. 
And I just remember going into sort of, because obviously on match day at Tottenham, you sort of, there's so many other people, there's so much security. But I think the Christmas party, I just remember we sort of pulled up and we just walked through the gate and in the car park, there was sort of, you know, the likes of Ian Crook, Chris Hewton, um, that sort of Culver House, like mm-hmm. Ray Clements. They were all parking their cars to come to the party. And it was the most surreal Amazing. thing. And I, I remember walking in to West Stand up the stairs and, you know, back then it felt like we had quite a lot of trophies around. Yeah. <laughs> it relatively probably did. Yeah. Um, and just seeing all the trophies and the sort of the oak panel warding and just going to that party and just being literally just, I, I just remember being, wow, again, that sort of re-emphasising, I think, a, a real feeling of home. And, and, and going back to actually what I said earlier about, you know, being sort of a forces kid, uh, you know, we used to move every two years. And I think the one thing that, has been constant throughout my life has been Tottenham and and this sort of the anchoring that the club gives me it's probably the only place I can ever go back to in my life that's been a constant and and I can yeah. actually refer to as home. What what could you? I mean, I know it was a, it was a long time ago. Hmm. What happened in these? I never went to these parties. Obviously, it's a junior party. There's no <laughs> yeah. alcohol. There's not like a sort of disco. I can imagine a lot of boys in '85 just dancing with each other. There was very much disco. Um, I know. Wow. Got some. My mum's got some photos of it still. Oh and wow! In, fact, in the sort of Tottenham annual that year, I did try and dig it out. There is a photo of me on a in sort of like a really woolly white jumper. Uh, mm. But yeah, there was lots of disco dancing, lots of jelly, lots of. I, yeah, I've still got my old scroff book actually. So that was, I think, that was a big currency of the day, wasn't it? You know, and I think now, when when you when you see them advertised now, my two of my now three of my daughters are members of Junior Spurs. Hmm. They get a birthday card, whatever. Yeah. I think now, if you if you win it, if you now have to win a competition to get the Junior Spurs, you'll get one player there, be Lucas Moura or whatever. Right. But then you said there was a lot of the players. Ah, uh, a lot of the players are there. Amazing. And it, was, it was it, re- it really was amazing, and I think it was just yeah, it was such a the feeling of being so close and yet so far away. And as I said, I was about to sort of head off to, to sort of, you know, to Hong Kong. And I didn't really realise at the time how much my experience as a fan was about to change. And obviously we'll come on to that shortly, but mm. it, sort of, it went from, you know, the traditional, I guess, English kid of playing football Saturday morning, getting home in time, you know, watching the results on grandstand. It, 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 yeah, my sort of fandom got turned upside down in Hong so Kong. So what did you do when you were in Hong Kong for two years? You said you're about 9, 10, 11. You know, this is obviously pre-internet, pre-whatever. How how were you finding out the Spurs schools? You'd have to wait till the, the newspaper, the South yeah. China Morning Post. Uh, we'd have to collect that the following day. So, yeah, it was... And this was a time, if you recall, around sort of 86, 87, where in my view, it's the, the best Tottenham type team I've seen. And, mm-hmm. and I, I just, that team was just oozing class, but it also had, you know, your, your, your Richard Goff, your Gary Mabbitts, your Mitchell Thomases, but it had your, your Waddles, your Hoddles, your Galvin, it had the flair as well. And I think, and, and the goal scoring Clive Allen. And I think that, that team, you know, we were, I mean, I still think we should have won the league that season. We could have even won the treble that season. And I think well, that... Sort of league Cup, FA Cup. I mean, the League Cup semi-final defeat. Yeah, but just, you know. yeah, it was a very strange experience having to, yeah, really wait, 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 know the games are going on. We'd occasionally, I think there was an occasionally on BFBS radio, they'd right. have a, um, you'd get a second half. So, you know, right. sometimes now on Five Live, they patch welcome it. welcome listeners well, of BBC's yeah. World Service. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> that was us. <laughs> but, it, but obviously it was, it was such a ridiculous time in the day. It would have been like, good those two in the morning. So, that, you yeah. know, as a, as a nine, 10 year old, I probably wasn't doing it that much. But no, so it was very much just sort of, yeah, 
reading. I was probably the, the only person aged nine, ten, thoroughly reading every single match report because yeah. that's all I had. That's the only way I had to do it. Absolutely. And your your next pick is is of that era. I remember this game very, very well. I think probably one of our best performances, I think, of that particular season. It was a League Cup game, a midweek game. Wonderful, wonderful performance. Tottenham 5, West Ham nil. Let's listen to all those goals now. Over Klassen. He's got behind Paris. Waddle. Is it back to Paul Allen? Hoddle thinks about shooting. So what did this one go in? This is presumably had you now were you now coming back now? Or? No, so we were there, but I actually oh. um, got to watch this game. Uh, wow. I can't remember how. Um, I think occasionally the the broadcaster in Kong, because don't forget Hong Kong at the time was still British colony, so there was a sort of there was quite a bit of Britishness about the place, and I think the broad, local broadcaster for some reason had this game on and. There was a there's a bloke that lived in our um, block of flats, obviously another British serviceman who was a big West Ham fan. And I remember watching it, and this game, as I said, that that era, um, you know, it was all Glenn, Ozzy, Nico Klaas, and Clive Allen, Paul. It was such a good team, and and I, and I remember the first leg. Um, oh, sorry, the first it wasn't the first leg. I remember the the the, the first game because this was a replay, actually, wasn't it? The first game was a one all draw at Upton Park, and. To go from a sort of tight one-all derby to absolute dismantling 5-0. And we, I think it, it we beat have, them 4-0 in the league around yeah, the same time, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, and then it could Fam- have been... So I was about more. to say, famously, we had David Pleat on the show a while back. Yes. And he said, this performance spurred John Lyle to write him a handwritten letter saying, no what a team you've got. You must be so proud of this team of players. You're one of the best teams uh, I've ever faced. Which is that, so nice. Yeah, and it but, was just... But, uh, yeah, it was also but, quite strange. I do remember as well... It was that incredible time, and but mm. I think it was also the same time that football was really in the sort of doldrums. But I think we were banned mm. from Europe. I think there was quite a lot of political things going on around the country, um, and I, and some of this sticks in my head. I, I do remember that the, the the ground, the White Hart Lane, wasn't full. There was loads of empty seats, oh, really? and, well, empty oh, wow. seats. And, the ter- and I just thought 
that's such a strange thing. And I know from mm. being, you know, thousands of miles away in Hong Kong, thinking I'd give my right arm to be there. But also the time delays at Hong Kong, like seven, eight hours. I'm trying to work out what time you were watching this yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. It's a crazy time. <laughs> crazy time. Well, there you are. Well, your, your next one is, again, I talked about, I very rarely watch defeats back. I've certainly never watched this defeat back. I've obviously seen the goals when they crop up on TV. Um... 1987 FA Cup final. We lost, obviously, to Coventry. But uh, the old adage, we scored too early. Let's listen, though, to our opening goal now. Getting it away, but not very far. It's Waddle again. Good early pressure here from Tottenham. He's turned down. He's got the cross in. Come on! An early strike for Tottenham. And Clive Allen takes the score. So this one, did you manage to get back for this? No, or? so again, this is one I watched in, in Hong Kong and, I, and right. I, there was so much about it, I remember, because the Hong Kong actually, the broadcaster showed the whole build-up. So the, the, oh, you wow. know, the, do you know what we used to what you used to get back yeah, home? Yeah. And the sort of ones I recall before that were sort of the, you know, the, the Manchester Everton, Manchester United Everton, Whiteside goal, and then you had the Liverpool... Watford 84 and I, and, I, mm-hmm. and I just craved to have Tottenham in a final and the, the sort of pageantry of the day it was it looked about 100 degrees I'm sure it wasn't that hot but it was just, mm. it, just it, was, it was a baking hot day and again going back to sort of like that team we had that that Hummel kit it was just such a whole it was a Holston Hummel kit it was yeah. as you said David Pleat leading the side out and it was just such a Everything was set up for us to win. Obviously, the golfing class was seen the sides. And then, as you said, Clive Allen with his 49th goal of the season. I mean, who scores 49 goals in a season? And, and just that start. But as I said before, I think, it, yeah, it's probably quite unique that I've picked some defeats in my top 10. But but I do remember, I just remember that game so well. And again, I just... I. I just remember the, the 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 heartache at the end of it, and I, you know, God, I was crying and in absolute bits. I think probably for days, but rather than put any of us, any of us off, as we know, that just makes it it mean more and and want to come back for more. Yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's go to a very quick break, and when we come back, we're going to carry on with Simon Dent's top ten Tottenham. Back in a minute. And we're back for the break. Don't forget, during the uh, close season, we are still here with this series. And also, if you want daily update news, uh, player interviews, uh, please go and sign up. Patreon.com slash Spurs show and support the show in the process. We'll be back next season with our monthly live events. If you and a friend want to be in all our live events, great fun in central London. Go to season.spurshow.net and sign up there. And uh, new merchandise. If you, we've got brand new, lovely T-shirts and sweatshirts with brand new uh, designs. Hombin Sun, a great Bob Marley design, one of Adele in a Spurs shirt. Some wonderful stuff. Uh, the link is in the description to this pod. Right, we're jumping forward a bit now, Simon. Uh, thankfully, this is another cup final, but this one's a win. And bizarrely, still our, our last trophy, which is utterly surreal when you think about the games we've seen since, the extraordinary um, 
wonderful performances we've seen uh, by various Tottenham teams, but still this is the one, the last one we did it. I'm, of course, talking about the 2008 League Cup final, the Woodgate final. Let's remind ourselves of that winning goal now. Berbatov trying to peel away from his marker at the far post. Woodgate going in as well! Now you've obviously jumped forward. Now you're you're uh, you're, you're yeah. a man. What what are you doing in 2008? What what are you doing work wise yeah. at this stage? So, so so yeah, I've jumped forward 20 years now. I've, I've chosen to miss out the period when I first got my season ticket because it was quite <laughs> it was quite. I know, I it, get it. it was night. Yeah, I was sort of 99 2000. So mm. poof, if you recall that, that was it was a shocking time to get my first season ticket, but that was sort of after university and I'd been working as a solicitor, but then right. I'd actually, um, yeah, worked for four or five years at Laurie London, didn't like it. And in 2008, funny enough, I just um, opened a sports memorabilia shop in Covent Garden. Wow. What was yeah, the name of it? It was, it was my name. It's called SJ Denton Co. Uh, Dealers in Sporting Memories. And we were up, we were on Great Queen Street opposite the, oh. the Free Basins Lodge. So, right. I mean, that, it was a terrible time because obviously the economy crashed about three months after I first opened the shop. So it oh. wasn't the best timing, but it was a brilliant Very experience. ahead of your time. I mean, I know it was only 2008, yeah, yeah. but there wasn't that many then, was there? No, I but, can but I can there really weren't. But obviously as well, yeah. it was um, just as things started going online. So it was, it was a fascinating yeah. time, but it, you know, going back to sort of the, the, the League Cup final, by then um, I had a sort of, I developed a sort of real group of mates um, who I was going to Spurs with. So I was living in West London then. I was living in sort of Shepherd's Bush area and they're all sort of Essex way. So on this day, I I, I made this strategy. It's not a strange decision. It was the obvious decision. I actually, I, I got the central line from Shepherd's Bush to Loughton and we all met for breakfast at 9am yeah. in Loughton nice. and then got a minibus to Wembley. Wow, beautiful. And, and you got a minibus. Yeah, I mean, obviously the North Circuit was absolutely jammed. It took hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, that, that, that was a, a brilliant day. And, and something else, I suppose, of relevance, I'd, I'd become quite good friends with Ledley King. So, right, okay. was, yeah, Ledley and I sort of known each other for sort of three or four years by then. And How did that come about? Was that through work or? Well, but, funny enough, I mean, Ledley won't forgive me for saying this, but it's pretty few nightclubs. Um, <laughs> uh, after falling out Faces. of the, yeah, well, quite, <laughs> after falling out of the legal profession um, and before going into the previous right. I, I stumbled across the industry of nightclub promoting. So, um, yeah, I had this crazy few years, um, myself and some friends, we ran what, 22 parties a week in central London at all the high end sort of nightclubs. So wow. you can imagine uh, that's pretty much how I got to meet most footballers. I still know. Give me, throw some of those names at me. See if I remember those, those nightclub oh, names. You, oh, of course. So Attica, Elysium, China oh. White, Cafe de oh, Paris. There uh, we are. 
embassy. Yeah, it's a, 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 a real golden yeah. time in clubbing. And actually, I say golden time in clubbing. It's a golden time in clubbing because it was pre-social media. So it, it wasn't was, about it? just chucking an advert on Facebook. It was actually, you know, we were we were filling venues by calling up people and making getting them there. So, yeah, it was, it was a brilliant time. But... I, I, I was never into those sort of things a bit, bit past all that, but it was mainly like R&B kind of music, wasn't it? I remember going to one of the 10 rooms. Yeah, exactly. So so <laughs> 10 rooms on a Monday night was always a big night. And it, it was really good because, you know, as I said, I got to... I got to meet Ledley and yeah. yeah, unsurprisingly some of the Tottenham well the top the whole Tottenham team were were quite good customers. But we used to do we used to organise Tottenham's Christmas party for the players as well. And Amazing. Yeah, we got really close to the, the sort of team and it was a, it was a funny time because obviously at the time as well when Chelsea would were really sort of dominant and again, mm. you know, Lampard, um, Terry, that sort of Chelsea team were out all the time. And it was it was strange because there was there was a lot of tribalism, obviously, in the, in the stands and, and, and on the pitch. You go to a, a VIP room on a Saturday night, and, and the, you know the Chelsea and Tottenham, West Ham will be there. Arsenal would never be out. Arsenal players. Well, I mean, this is. I mean, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it's. But I mean, were they kind of out drinking then, or were they very kind of quite well behaved and knew they couldn't um, get away with it? Probably could just about get away with it. Yeah, they, said- they were well behaved, but. Um, it was, yeah, people were having a drink. And don't forget, I'm mm. talking about sort of Saturday nights. I'm not talking about Monday nights. And yeah. it was always after games. But the, the, the biggest problem in those days was the uh, bloody news of the world, though. I mean, it was... It Little was kiss such, and tell stories. Oh, it was then, awful. Wasn't and we, you know, I used to... It was a really... And that was one of my main jobs, was to make sure that, that, that we didn't get those sort of people coming into the clubs and, and, and sort of... How would you know, though? Well, it, it'd well, be pretty to, hard, you but you, get, you know, you, you do get to recognise them. You obviously yeah. would have people working with us in the VR periods, making sure people aren't harassed. And it actually became a bit of a thing that we'd we'd walk out of um, Elysium, which was on Regent Street, and I'd go and get the first, the 3M edition of the News of the World. Oh, <laughs> so wow. as the club was still open, I'd go out and buy it, bring it back, and everyone would just be looking through it to make sure nobody from the week before had been got. So it was, yeah, very different times. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, go so, back to, go back go to back the game. game. Yeah, yeah. Game itself. <laughs> um, it was a cracker, wasn't it? It was. I think we started really well. I remember we started really well, and it mm. just sort of in typical Spurs fashion. But that was a Chelsea team. I think Drogba scored for them. It was a yeah, free it was kick. a really good Chelsea team, wasn't it? And yeah, they yeah, were a yeah. team that I think they were absolutely favourites. And mm. yeah, we got the Berbatov pen, which was this executing typical purpose of fashion and then yeah the pretty ugly winner but it didn't matter and I remember that night we all went back to to Essex and there's some probably quite famous photos of Ledley stumbling out of faces um, right. so yeah, yeah it was it was it's was, it was, it was, it was, it was weirdly as I said it's a special time it really was a special time because again for the the mates who I still go you know to games with now that was the only that was our only memory of winning a trophy which no, is no. mad isn't it it is, it is ridiculous <laughs> it is yeah. It anyway. is crazy. We're jumping forward now to another era, uh, and this is your first uh, European game in your pick, and not a bad one to pick. And this is picked by a lot of people. And again, it's weird because we forget we lost this game. Yeah. We lost this game, and yet people would go, one of my greatest Tottenham memories was that night. And of course, I'm talking about mm-hmm. Gareth Bell in the San Siro. Let's again listen to his last couple of goals in that bizarre game of football. by Bale, he still gets his foot in there and Bale suddenly now is in space, Robbie Keane racing forward to get up with him, oh and he didn't need it, stunning strike from Gareth Bale, 
late in the day and to little avail, but no less spectacular for that. Gareth Bale's second goal of the night, and in many respects it was almost a carbon copy of his first goal. They cannot cope with his pace and strength. Again, Zanetti unable to get near the young Welshman. And again, he finds that bottom corner with laser-like accuracy. Much talked about, of course, Gareth Bale. And however much he was worth before this match, actually he might be worth a little bit more now with people across Europe seeing a performance like this with goals like that. Time, but Tottenham certainly adding respectability to the scoreline here. Maybe time for a third. It's Bale! It's a hat trick! What an incredible finish to the match! Two goals in two minutes from Gareth Bale. An extraordinary hat trick on one of the biggest stages in world football. So this one there, was this was this one you went to? Yeah, I went to it. Oh, Again, it was when I was sort of get, really getting into... I think it was probably the time, actually, when I was probably getting into away games more than home games, just through right. the sort of... I just enjoyed the sort of adventure element of it. Um, mm. You know, the, the whole travel thing was just second nature for, to me. And I think it was, yeah, I, I just enjoyed that. And I think the, talking about the game itself and as fans having sort of roast into spectacles, I mean, on things like this, it, I, it was a really long day. I remember, I mean, I said I lived in Shepherd's Bush while I was getting up at God knows what time to get to Stansted and then a flight and then the sort of... The five, being like the 5.30 yeah, plane. 5.30 plane. Yeah, and, and the game didn't probably kick off till 9pm. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So, that's you right. Know, and it was in the days of when, you know, you used to have a real drink and sort of yeah. not really eat much. And it was just one of those days. I just remember it being... And it never helps when you sort of your keeper gets sent off after ten minutes, and you, you know you're three 0 down after twenty minutes, and then you're all everyone suddenly should we leave? And I'd mates that left, and it was one of those everyone sobered up, and it was just I, I just remember it being, you know, from an amazing day to that feeling of oh, you know, what are we doing here? This is bad, and then just suddenly this the arrival of Gareth Bale on just the world scene, and and we'd seen glimpses of it, and I think that. Both, well, this game and then obviously the, the return game, which was the infamous taxi from Icon game at the lane, were, were his arrival. And I think, I, still to this day, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know if any, certainly Tottenham player, they probably, I think it's probably been with other players of bigger, big clubs. Uh, and I think Rooney, you could say Rooney mm. arrived and he scored that hat-trick. I think, you know, I, I don't, I can't think of another moment in time that a Tottenham legend has had one moment where he's arrived. I think this was a, a seminal moment where basically he just the world, you know, was, was shown the skills of Gareth Bale. The only one in recent times I can think, and I'm, I'm thinking now, because again, it's been a pick on a previous show. Hmm. Maybe Harry Kane hat-trick, New Year's Day against Chelsea 5-3, 
that's when we went, we've got a proper striker yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But not in the impact of Bale over those two games and those last those couple of seasons where, don't forget Bale, who was in this extraordinary record of not being in a Spurs winning t- uh, mm. team for ages. And I remember Redknapp brought him on. We were like three, four up against the team. Yeah. And they brought him on so this hoodoo wouldn't be yeah. around his neck anymore. Yeah. So when he, it, it was just a, a weird start. And there was all these rumours that he was going to go to Knott's Forest. We had Redknapp yeah. on the Spurs show who denied it but a lot of people went I was around that time there was absolutely talks about him being loaned out or sold on but also it's it's funny isn't it those two players are both players that um, I think physically changed as well there was sort of a period of time where there were one or two summers they just suddenly both were massive strong men and I think it just goes to show that some people are late developers and I think both of them yeah credits to both for the work they put in Mm. Now your next pick, again, I must admit, I, I, I've i forgotten about this one. The reason I forgot about it is that since then, there's been some extraordinary performances mm. at Old Trafford, a ground that, again, historically, we haven't done that well. And we've obviously done better there than we have over the years at Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool. And this is one I forgot about, 2012. This is the AVB era, era mm. which, you know, flickered brightly for a while, then poof, just turned to shit. Mm. September the 29th, 2012, it finished Man United 2, Tottenham 3. Um, and let's remind ourselves of the great Gareth Bell goal now. Sandro just uh, marshalling there. Now Gareth Bale with Defoe ahead, acting as decoy. Bale allowed to run. It's a brilliant finish. Gareth Bale, 2-0 for Tottenham. He runs from 10 yards inside the Manchester United half. Not a single challenge. Why did this one go in? Didn't I think under AVB? Didn't we win there twice in a, yeah, twice um, the first, over yeah. two seasons? Yeah, this yeah. is the first time, and I think right. this has so many special memories for me. I think it's yeah. I think probably growing up as a kid and and sort of the Man United were probably the team mm. of the, my sort of childhood, and 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 because we you know we hadn't won at Old Trafford for. I think 23 years. I think the last time we'd won was 89 when Lineker had scored a goal there. And it was always, I'd always used to go to United away and it was such a big thing. There's a couple of stories from the day that I, that I want to share. One was, I've got some mates who are Tottenham fans who live in Spain and and Roger and the boys used to come over quite a lot. We we This day, we I got the train off, we met in Leeds and <laughs> Roger had toothache and he... Um, We'd been decided to have a few drinks in the in the centre of Leeds. We're heading over to Manchester, and he had really strong painkillers. And we were staying in a very nice hotel in Leeds, and he um, had he had a couple of glasses of rosé, and got so drunk that he, in the reception of the hotel, accidentally fell over and pulled a massive tropical um, aquarium off the wall. <laughs> And you can imagine it was about two oh in the afternoon, but not at it. And then so this massive aquarium fell off, it was smashed on the floor. Fish, tropical fish everywhere in this really fancy hotel. But then, of course, some of the glass cut him. So then it looked like there was blood everywhere, fish flapping. So the police were called. So this is like two o'clock. We had to get over to Manchester for a half five kickoff. Thankfully, the police understood that he'd had, you know, one glass of wine was on strike. We had to show him the painkillers. Anyway, he um, 
we managed to get him on the train. We got him over to Manchester. But it, it was, how are the fish? <laughs> no, 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 I mean, obviously, we had to pay some serious compensation. It was, it was but it's just. Some of the, the, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean what, what happened? <laughs> were they were trying to scoot them up into a, into were, a sink. We all were, but we were all slipping over in reception. I mean, you oh, this yeah. is extraordinary. I don't, I don't really. think they gave the tub a good name. But. Oh, this, no one there, no one there filming this with a phone. <laughs> so oh, I'd was, love to see this it footage. Was, it was free for cameras and phones. But, but anyway, that was the start of the day. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so we got up to Manchester and I, yeah, we, we went up with a load of other lads and I just remember going and I, I just remember, I've always felt Tottenham fans, um, we really do ourselves credit at Old Trafford. I don't know why, but I always feel Oh, like we get Because it's a big game, as yeah, you said. It's always, always a massive game and there's something yeah. about being in Manchester, staying the night before. It's a big, yeah. still, you know, two great traditional Yeah, teams. I agree. And I think, and you're right, and I think even in the 80s, I, I think there was always a mutual respect and they always used to beat us. And, and I've got lots of mates of Man U fans. And just, I remember that day when, I'm trying to think. I think Vertonghen's opened the scoring, and he sort did. Of, he did sort of deflect his yeah, shot. But yeah, but like almost a Cafu-like run from the back. Yes, I don't even how right. he did that. And then um, I think we, we went two 0 up with Bell second, and they got back into it. And then, well, I think we went three one up, and then they pulled it back to three two. Or, but it was such an energetic game, and I, and I just remember the the noise from the away end was absolutely deafening. And yeah, as I said, it was. After the game, we went out in Manchester. I remember ended up in sort of Chinatown, having a Chinese at three in the morning. But it was just one of those classic away days that had everything. And I said everything. I actually had a win, which is not a classic away day. Yeah, amazing and uh, extraordinary story with with with. with, with was it, we talk, I mean, when you say compensation, I mean, were they to come out and go? This is a very rare Japanese tropical fish that costs us three grand. Oh, I've got, I've got, oh, it was terrible. I mean, I've got, <laughs> the, the sight of Roger sliding around with blood everywhere and fish. It was, Unbelievable. It was, it was a Unbelievable. <laughs> well, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Ledley before, and your next next choice is uh, again. You had to remind me, so I can't remember that. I'm sure I was there. Uh, Ledley King's testimonial, 2014, which I couldn't find. Uh, any any footage of why has this one got in there? Yeah, I think it said it was um, well. I said earlier, I've become quite a good mates with lately, and it, it was sort of quite a you know. Were you on the some... committee because players have well, these no, well, I did. I, I wasn't, but I did get to organise the after party. After party. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was just a really special time because I said we'd become good mates, and it was quite a surreal experience having, I suppose, a good friend as you know someone who captained your football club as well and you sort of it was one of those moments where yeah, my nephew was one of the mascots and it was just such a and Ledley was such a as you all know just such a great leader but also just such a great person and I think a lot is said about you know him as a, as a captain and, and and the loyalty and being a one club man but also just as a person as a human he's, he's just you know one of the nicest people most generous people and I think that evening for me was you know, having all these family and friends there and, and and obviously the stadium was full. It was sort of, I don't think you get many testimonials like that anymore. I think it was a really heartfelt, I think the only player that couldn't make it was Gareth Bale, but I think that's because oh, he was yes. playing. I remember now. But, but, who, yeah. who, who did we play? Was it like a sort of yeah, select a, team? Yeah, select team. But it was, it was sort a of, select team. Yeah, yeah but, it, but, you know, a lot of it, you know, you know, the likes of Berbatov came back and it was such, and Ginola played. It was such a special evening. And I think, yeah, just I think Leddy himself um, really realised the sort of impact he'd had on a generation of Tottenham fans. I mean, it's it maybe it's a money thing. They don't need it now so much as mm. maybe then. I'm trying to think. Well, fix the congestion Which, properly. There's so many 
Yeah, well, there's that as well. But I'm trying to think who. I mean, Hugo Luis is probably owed one now, isn't he? Yeah. He's close to one. Who's going to be the next Tottenham man who will actually get one? I know there was. Um, which player they said, don't worry, we will organise. He left. And there was one talks about recently. Uh, um, uh, Danny Rose. I think Rose is oh, cool. Yes, it's he? I think he's about 10 years old. Yes, not. okay. It's, it's weird, but it just will, it, will these ones ever happen? It's uh... Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's a left. Yeah, we'll give, we'll give you one in a few years. But no, I think, it, yeah, it, it was such a great evening. And, and you just don't get many club servants like that anymore. So, yeah, testimonials will probably be a thing of the past in the future. Mm. You're absolutely right. That Your next choice is one, again, I'm surprised more people haven't picked because... It was an extraordinary night, and it's another away game. And we talked about previous records at United and whatever. We had a wretched record, as we know, at Chelsea. And this night was something special. 2018, Tottenham, sorry, Chelsea won, Tottenham three. Let's listen to Deli Alley's two goals now. Ericsson with the shot. Oh, pick that one out. Christian Ericsson. What a screamer on the stroke of half-time. No goalkeeper on this planet would have stopped that. Poor ball out by Moses. But this was all about this strike from Christian Eriksen. There's a contender for goal of the season right there. He looked up, unleashed that shot with his right foot. Caballero beaten all ends up. Is Deli Ali arriving? Good first touch. Oh, what a goal! Deli Ali! Silence to Stamford Bridge. Eric Dyer saw the run. Ali got between the two defenders. Superb first touch. Caballero was caught off his line and Deli Ali knew where to place it. This was. Something sweet, wasn't it? Oh, goodness. And as I said, I, I, by now, I'd lived in West London for 20 years. So, yeah. you know, I've been sort of not only living in Shepherd's Bush, but whilst working as a sort of club promoter, all the clubs I pretty much ran were a sort of round Fulham, Chelsea. I even for two years ran the club under Stamford Bridge, um, yeah. which used to be called Purple. So I did that for two years on a Friday and Saturday night. And so it was living in that area when Chelsea had their injection of cash and, and their success was was quite tough. And, and, mm. and even to this day, I've, it's it's the first game I look out for every season. I'm, I'm mm. sort of, for me, the Chelsea rivalry is, is a bigger rivalry, I think mainly because of, um, yeah, having lived in the area. And again, I think the, there's, there's just something about going to Stamford Bridge. I don't, I don't yeah, know. fans. Let's, yeah, let's talk it, about their yeah. fans. Look, look, I've, I've got some friends of mine who are Chelsea fans, very nice people. And it was always what I used to hate about it with this awful record was meeting them afterwards for a drink and you'd be coming out like we'd thrown it away again. They got another last minute goal and I'm to walk up the King's Road. It was always horrible going after it's fine. And they'd be there and there was that sort of patronising, well, you gave us a game, Mike. You, you know, it was like this horrible kind of patronising, oh, whatever. So um, um, let's face it, most of their fans are absolute scum. Let, yeah. let's, uh, that, I'm talking yeah. about I'm talking about the nice ones. Yeah. But I think when you talk about scummy fans, 
I think they're the worst. I think they're worse than a lot of Northern fans. I think they're worse than Arsenal fans, even West Ham fans, I think. 100%. I think I couldn't, I couldn't Chelsea agree. hardcore, yeah. I think, are the worst. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's that, um, you know, I've, I go to games with sort of fellas that are 20, 30 years old to me as well and sort of, you know, listen to their stories and, you know, some really unsavoury stories. And just that that sort of that burning inside me just means I never miss Chelsea away. And it's, it's just one where, yeah, it, it, I, I really, I really turn up that day and the, the people I go with, we really turn, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't slope away. We don't sort of, you know, appear, just sort of turn up at the stadium um, in disguise. Like we, we let, we let people know who we are and they're not in a prerogative or aggressive way, but it's sort of, I feel like as a Tottenham fan, that is the game that the fans need to turn up at. And funny enough, we used to, you know, back when I was living down that way, um, you know, we used to meet at West Kensington and we used to walk down North End Road and, and that was right through sort of Chelsea Heartland. And even after game, we'd go out and we'd go to clubs in the area after game. And it, for, for, for a very long time, they were very, very difficult evenings to go afterwards. And, and this, this, this particular game, I, I went with a mate of mine, Glenn, and there was loads of us there, but I just, I particularly remember just, you know, when Delhi's second goal went in, I just, I knew we were going to do it. And the, and the thing is, they, the Chelsea fans then knew we were going to do it. And it was such a, it was a, a memorable day. And, 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 you know, we've been back there since and, you know, not got results. And, and if, if you've, you know, we've got, what, second game of the season next yes, season? that's right, yeah. I think that's a great, good time to play them. But I'm like, no, you're right. But you said at the top of the show, it's interesting the fact you said, you seem to be okay with defeats. Yeah. Most fans aren't like that. So mm. I'd go for a drink. But the thought of going to a nightclub in an area mm. where there's going to be mainly those fans, I, I couldn't... I, I'm I'm the go home, go, go to bed early. I, yeah. It used to, still does. It, it does ruin the weekend. But I suppose you running clubs, you've got to put a happy face on it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. I just, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's thick skin. I'm quite resilient. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like, yeah, that that that, that still be in good stead. I mean, it, we, we all know it's secular, isn't it? Like, we, you don't, they're not going to be dominating us forever. And I think just the way over the last six months, football has gone and the irony that it's, a you know, it's Conte at our helm now. And, yes. you know, sitting back and just watching, you know, Chelsea Football Club melt over the last four or five months. It's just been, you know. And as we record the show today, the news come out that Bruce Buck is just staying as an advisor. Uh, um, Grunieski is also, she, she's moving on. Um, and... You know, I'm sure they'll still do big purchases, but yeah. they're not going to have the kind of money no, and, they and, had before to blow so, everyone else out of the water. And, and the big thing they didn't do, which they should have done when they had the money, is, is sort their stadium out. And I think that's the the interesting thing now for Chelsea Football Club is that they will be they're going to be playing in that stadium for at least another five years now, at least. Yeah. So that's probably going to be the smallest top flight as in the top mm. five club stadiums in England, if not yeah. in, in Europe. And I mean, it's amazing. They usurp by us, mm. Arsenal, West Ham. Yeah. And that now. They'll, they'll start to feel the financial pinch of that. And I think just little things like that. And yes, we've had to be patient, but, you know, I do think that the, the, the tables aren't turning massively, but they're, they're starting to move a bit. And it'd be really interesting to see next season because obviously... Conte won a title with them the season after they finished 10th. Now, 
we didn't finish 10th, we finished third. And we've all we've had to do is supplement our squad. He had to bring in wholesale changes. So it's been a brilliant window so far, hasn't it? So I think, you know, is, is the second game of the season at Stanford Bridge too early to go over there? I don't know. Like, it's, it's never a good time. But, but I think for probably the first time in quite a long time, their fans won't be fancying it that much. Uh, and also, Conte has now got a pre-season and we've done our business early. There's obviously this this, this game in Korea, there's a game in Israel. There's I know we're, we're travelling around a lot, but you know Conte is going to have them fit and ready for these games. I mean, how many how many seasons have you gone to Spurs in <laughs> the first few games? Are awful. You just sit, you watch the games going, clearly not fit. He's just come back from his holiday. This is shocking. But yeah. also, it's, a bit of a, it's almost a bit of a land grab the first 15, the no, first 10 games, because before everyone goes off to the World Cup. So I think it's a, right. it's a strange old season. It is and, a strange season. You know, I, I hope that, look, we, you know, we start well. It's, it'd be really interesting to see what happens, who's top, top three before that six-week break to see what happens then in January when they all come back, is it? Because I imagine the top three will have 80% of their squad at the World Cup anyway. So it's not like the rest of their, you know, they can be sat at home twiddling their thumbs. They'll remain fit, but it is going to be an interesting season. Um, Mm. It'd be typical Tottenham that we win our first 10 games, have the international break and then come back and then have a complete nightmare. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, look, let's go with your last choice. And uh, apart from a couple of people, obviously this has been in everyone's top 10 Tottenham. Let's listen to those extraordinary closing moments in Amsterdam. Oh, it's still pinging around the area. Lucas Moura in possession. Oh, incredible. Lucas Moura scored again. It's the comeback on. They're sliding. It's in. Lucas Moura with the hat to go. Spurs are going to the Champions League final for the first time in their history. I do not believe it. So we did you manage to go to this one? Yeah, I was, I was very Amazing. lucky. And so I sort of, yeah, what happened, I'd obviously uh, gone through my career as a you know, lawyer, club promoter, but then I got into you know, sports talent management, but I also launched a, a sports-focused advertising agency called Dark, Dark Horses. And the agency is six years old now, and, and our biggest client, and the biggest client then was was Nissan and Nissan were a Champions right. League sponsor. So it was a really, wow. it was amazing time, um, not just for tickets, but um, <laughs> the aligning of the stars that, that we were working with Nissan in 2018, 19 was, was, was amazing because I just, that obviously when we got through and the first leg against uh, uh, Ajax, we weren't that great. They could have battered us. Um, and, and we were pretty lucky to get away with the score as it was. And yeah, it was just, it was just a really interesting sort of time. I went over to, we were actually filming with Nissan um, the day before. So that was the day that Liverpool played Barcelona. And we were filming um, with Lika Martins, who's a Dutch female footballer, um, at a, a little AstroTurf pitch that Mario Melchior had built in the community he'd come from. So we right. had the whole day filming in Amsterdam. 
and then went to a bar, obviously watched the Liverpool game and just was blown away by that and being like, wow, goodness, you know, that's, that's, that's never going to happen again. That'll never happen again. How was anyone? And then sort of, as my mates all sort of flew into Amsterdam, we sort of all met up and it was just, yeah. The, 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 one of the biggest uh, parts of the evening was that I had tickets in the Ajax end. <laughs> so... So myself and the mate, the same mate who had the unfortunate uh, incident with the fish tank in Leeds, um, he, he wasn't he wasn't on painkillers this time. But this time I had to take him into the away end at Ajax, and so um, within ten minutes of being in there, it was very apparent um, we weren't Ajax fans simply because we were the only ones not jumping up well, and down. We're the only ones that didn't know all the words, and we're the only people who weren't smoking weed. So it was just sort of <laughs> not singing in yeah, Dutch. Yeah, we weren't singing Dutch and we weren't high. And so we sort of, we were spotted straight away. And, and it was good because it was, it was good banter and there was a few people, you know. They're not as bad as nah. God Feinord and, nah, and, nah, and nah, all that. It, it was all good trouble. fun. It was all good fun and games. And, and there, there were a couple of wallies in front of us when they when they scored, were like poking us. And that's like, yeah, that's funny, mate, whatever. Right. And, then, and then obviously the magic happened. But the, the sad part is that, my friend Roger had decided to leave. <laughs> and so, no, what, half time? Well, he, but what I hadn't realised, he was so gutted. He, he left the seats, but actually was sat behind, as a lot of people do, not my bag. He was sat in the stand watching on a telly. Right, okay. And so I was... That way you're kind of, I suppose, your one yeah, part detached. Yeah, you it. can sort of deny it's happening a bit. Yes. You, yeah, you can't turn over though. So you're um, not sitting by yourself. I'm sitting by myself in the ice. Wow. And then obviously as the, the madness unfolds, it was... Did you jump the first goal? Talk us through... Uh, first goal did... was very sort of civilised and everyone was very civilised to me. Sort of, oh, so it was a patronising one and you got a goal. Congratulations, you guys yeah. deserve that. Like just oh, completely... Oh my like, God. But obviously <laughs> in, in no way knowing what was to come. And then the second goal went in... The reaction changed. This is the way. It's the way. I'm just trying to think. This was. Is this? Do the goals happen at your end yes, or the other yes, end? Yes. Um, so oh, so I, you're I, literally behind yeah. that goal. No, no. So I'm to the side of the goal. So I, right. I'm literally Sorry. on the line of the six yard box. Right. And the Tottenham fans uh, are above over, you, above my right shoulder. Above. I'm with you. So, I got you. Okay. Yeah. When you actually go. Yeah. I know so, exactly so, what yeah. you mean. Yeah. So then the the, the, the the second goal goes in, and, and everyone around me starts panicking, and it, and that's when. Did you? Were you? Were you at least no, no, going? Yes. Very, no, no. I, I was. I was. Yes, I was doing that. I was. Yes, I was very sort of very respectful because right. I've seen those people in our end. You know, you've just got to be a bit respectful, um, or if you're not, at least accept the consequences. Yeah, you're gonna get smacked. Um, exactly. So I was like, be respectful, and then that's when we won the tie because I think that the the nervousness and panic in the stand just flooded onto the pitch, and suddenly. Everyone just was having a complete meltdown in the stadium. Crazy. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And then, and then, obviously, as the we had that sort of final chance, I think when Vertonghen hit the bar mm -hmm. or something happens, and you think is that it? About two minutes yeah, from the end, and, the then, and then that sort of as that the goal sort of, and we've all watched it and listened to it so many times that haven't we? Never tired of it. Never tired, uh, never tired of it. It's my never, go. It's my go-to if I'm having a bad day. I just Absolutely. find it. And, and, Absolutely. But just when it all unfolded, sort of the the sight, the the, the silence, and I just everyone around me because obviously we joke about all the players falling to their knees. Everyone around me put their head in their hands. So suddenly, as I stood up, it wasn't like I was overly celebrating but everyone around me was in their hat had their head in their hands on their knees so i was suddenly just this figure amongst all these ix fans and i just 
the players then ran towards me because obviously the Tottenham fans are in the top corner. You know, loads of plastic, empty pints started raining down. And it just, just you know, as we so you, know. So you, at this stage, you had to get up. Oh, I'm celebrating. So you got I, up. Yeah, I couldn't did help you, it. Did you do that little look around? Did you see no. is there any other Spurs uh, fans around? Well, yes. You, you de- or you, so you no, did the I little did. look and there were lots And there were lots of others around me. And then right. it was... Everyone was in total shock and I was shaking. I couldn't get my words out. The phone was obviously exploding and everyone back home. The noise from the sort of away fans is deafening. And then, 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 then I was just like, what? it was complete garbage. And then I suddenly, and then about, I think, I did, did they even, yes, it did get to kick off because he almost threw it away. Oh, God, it? there was another yeah. good one, two yeah. minutes of bloody yeah. time and after that, this. But that's when everyone around me sort of lost their sense of humour a bit. Right. Not that I'd been taking yeah. the mic, but I yeah. was like, oh, It's gone from despondency to anger. <laughs> yeah. like, where's, where's the Tottenham fan? I was like, I should get out of here. And so oh, I, really? I sort of just uh, ran along the, 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 the aisle a bit and then got out. And then I found Roger, and Roger was just dancing around wow. in the back of the stand by himself watching it. We, we grabbed each other, run out of the stadium, and that's when there was a few Ajax fans running around looking for Tottenham fans. And we were oh, like, right. and then, but then we dived into a taxi and just both explode into laughing and, you know, kind of, and of course the, the cabbie is this massive Hell's Angels type bloke with a red cap on, like massive IX fan. And he's just like, City Centre? Like, yeah, please. And we, did, we, we did say a word. But no, what, what an incredible, and that, and that, you know, that for me was just, yeah. It's funny because most Spurs fans there who are obviously at the top, they got held in, the mm, players came out. Yeah. So you missed all that. You're like one of the first fans out in the yeah, city centre. Yeah, but that's that the night. thing. We got into the city. Yeah, we probably were. Well, you say that there are lots of there without tickets, and we yeah, sort of there, there was. Yeah, and there, there was. it was that. It's just sort of I can't remember the square, but we went back to the square we were at, and it was just such a on so many so many levels, a magical sort of night and time, and and yeah, even that. You know, I could I you know I could have even put the Champions League final in my top 10 because even though we lost again just that sort of that moment in time sharing oh, the best so, yeah this because this is meant this isn't this is not meant for us this no. is not, we don't do yeah. these kind of things um, um, it's one of my biggest regrets actually not going because I had me and my friend Paul Kramer we had as soon as we beat Man City and don't forget you know um we sorted out we found Airbnb we had our train or plane tickets, but we didn't have the match ticket. I didn't have the, the the points. And once you start on Twitter, fans going out, I was like, what's the chance of me even getting on the black market? It's very... No one's... Spurs are not going to give this ticket up for love or money. It's not like certain people get a whole load of us and I'll flog them. And I suddenly thought, do I want to go with gold then? Do I want to go all the way to Amsterdam, watch it in a bar, probably won't get through you know what, I'll watch it at home with loved ones. At least I'll be at home. And that's kind of... Look, it was still an extraordinary night for everyone around the world. You know, forget about Spurs fans that go. Spurs fans around the world who can't physically get to games. It it was an extraordinary night. As I said, it was like a JFK moment. You you always remember who you were with, where you were. But that, again, just going back to the the lining of the stars in my life, like having Nissan as a client, even for the final, like... I. That the final, I got a ticket from Nissan, and I actually felt quite guilty because I, I didn't want, and, and, I, and I made decision I didn't drink that day. I, I was right. so I didn't want anything. But you regret, but you regret that now. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to remember it all, and I just the whole yeah. thing. I just knew that this might not happen again, and I was so yeah. aware of it. And I think, yeah, I was so blessed to 
to have a ticket. And, you know, I didn't, I wasn't with mates and there was that sort of bit of a decision about, oh, well, look, a lot of mates are going to be watching in a pub at home. Do, do, you, do you want to be with, you know, Nissan mm. execs? Yes. Or what, with your mates? The you, answer is yes, you yes, do. Yes, you do. You're and not you missing that one. Yeah, and it's an experience, isn't it? And, it, and, it, and for whatever, you know, the outcome wasn't uh, what we wanted, but it was still a day. Oh, it was a, it's a day I won't forget. You, I mean, you know, everyone, obviously yeah. a lot of people had difficulty getting there. There was a whole yeah. Thomas Cook flight thing. Mm. We did a Spurs show live, which was great fun in Madrid, boiling hot. I drove down from a game because of trying to get there. I We did a lovely drive, me and a few people uh, from uh, Marbella. And we drove through Granada. We did a lovely drive. So we were stopping off. The, the whole thing was extraordinary. And the only thing that after the next morning, I was meant to have another night. There were so many scousers everywhere. I got out early. That was the worst thing. Meeting up friends after the game going, oh, well, but as you've said in this wonderful show, it's so important the people you go with and the memories more so. Let's face God, God like you. I mean, if I follow, I follow, I followed Tottenham home and away most of the nineties. How many great away games, performances can I think of? Not that no, many, no, but no. I remember great nights out and great lunches and hilarious stories more than. You know, having to watch Jason Dizel around the midfield. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is this, this yeah. is the reality. And that's of it. it. And I'm just going. Yeah, my son's five, and I, I just, I, and a lot of my mates have got sort of children around the same age, and it, it's just going to be such a. I'm just so excited about, you know, this the, the new Tottenham now being something that they can, you know, be part of that actually has a bit more success. And it's, you know, of course, it's all part of our blooding, you know, the defeats. But actually, the thought of going on. European trips with my mates and their children just are, it yeah. fills me with so much joy. I can't wait for that. Absolutely. Simon, thank you so much for your time. That was such a wonderful, wonderful show. Thank you so much for everyone listening at home. We'll be back again very, very soon with another Top 10 Tottenham. Until then, go Spurs! If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.